Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, how's it going? It sucks. I know. I know. We all think it sucks. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. We're bigger than that. We're, we're bigger. We got to like uh, just dig in, stick together, and, uh, p- you know, pro- be proactive. Keep going. You know, like, I, I mean, there is a little bit of a consciousness raising here. I'm going to say for even for myself, I think that I have had my head in the sand because I'm surrounded by all my uh, free thinking liberal friends and can't quite comprehend that there are people out there that um, are scared. And and I'm going to use the word ignorant. Uh haven't been exposed to much, uneducated. And, you know, uneducated isn't necessarily, it sounds like a condescending value judgment. And it's not their fault. They're not educated because it's all our faults. That's the thing. This is all because of all of us. You've got to take responsibility and take action if you don't like the president. Okay? You with me? All right, now, now, now I'll just shut up. Actually, I really am going to shut up today because I have somebody finally who's going to be interviewing me. And I'm really excited about this. It's the lovely, and she is lovely. Are you married? Lindsay Smilo. Are you married? Do you have no, a boyfriend? No, Are you in a, single? In a really nice relationship. Uh, two bad guys because uh, she's really pretty and smart. No wonder she's in a relationship. Uh, is your I feel boyfriend in good company with with, uh, with good looking people? Oh, in this room. please! Now let's. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, Lindsay um, is doing a okay. Lindsay and I met a few few years ago yeah. because I gave her an award on the street at Bushwick Open Studios for what did I give you an award for? Do you remember? Um, you- carrying the burden of the conversation, which I oh, guess. which is pretty ironic considering. You know, you are you're going to be carrying the burden of the conversation. The only person you are natural at it. Didn't that's so ironic? You worked your way into my radio show, carrying the burden of the conversation, yeah, which it is seems crazy. Like, uh, it keeps following me, or I'm following it. Well, it's good. You have a natural knack for it. Maybe you should, um, you know, get a radio show. Yeah, except I have hissing s's, so I'm going to try uh, not to make those uh, happen. Oh well, no, that doesn't matter. This is. <laughs> You know, it's the content. It's the ideas. You know that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so Leslie um, is getting a master's degree in art history, and her topic is comedy. The, um, and that's all I'm going to explain to you because uh, she's going to explain it as she is the expert on her. Yeah. Well, so, Li- Lindsay, tell us like, oh, and also tell us your credentials. You worked at the Guggenheim. She's worked like, I mean, I went to her website and she's got like pretty radical credentials, which I didn't even realize. So I'm a little bit intimidated. Explain your oh, credentials and then, I'm, oh, well, I'm, you know, stop that's all. Oh, stop. I'm uh, here because I'm inspired. Oh, Okay, so we both are going to. Okay, so you know what? This I'm is a love fest. Say, We're having a love fest on the. We're radio. having a love fest, but we've got some real trust going. Trust and mutual respect, which yeah. makes for this a great is, conversation. And this is also just uh, help for the country, right? Yeah, trust, this is trust good. and understanding. Yeah, yeah. 
it's positive. Yeah. So Produ- the- it productive. So explain like your um, background sure. and explain your pro- what you're doing. Lisa, first of all, thanks so much for having oh, me today. Oh, are you kidding? I feel so um, special. And thanks for letting me interview you because, oh. um, yeah, I have a background in art history and actually studio art and art making too. Um, but I have taken my study of art history after years in museums and arts organizations. In, it's sort of taken a turn. I started to spend a lot more time at comedy clubs and in the mainstream comedy circuit um, while in my master's and formerly PhD program. And I've since been just following lots of artists uh, who I admire, like you. Oh, um, and I'm wrapping it all into a bow, into, um, you know, an actual uh, piece of bow. writing, piece of writing, which I don't love writing. I prefer talking, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm just really curious about, you know, what makes people laugh because I think funny, I think funny can be a litmus for good art. I think that mm, funny interesting. Uh, has always been considered uh, on the spectrum of high art to low entertainment, more like low entertainment. And it's a, it's a quick, easy way to appeal to people. But funny is really um, a subjective uh, mm. cr- criticality that, sure. that, that artists are applying to work all the time, artists like you. So, yeah, so that's what I'm here for. And um, I'm just excited to talk about and, what you think is funny. And and yeah. this is a, for a thesis or what? what's the end result oh, of yeah. this? What is it, It's a master's thesis. Um, and so I'm doing a whole body of writing. I'm, I've interviewed other artists like uh, Jen Catrone and Paul Outlaw. Love them. Yeah. Interviewed Sean Patrick Carney. Yeah. Um, Sean. Yeah. And Adrian Truscott, who's yeah. an absolute hero of mine. Yes. So, um, so yeah. Just wow, like, I can't believe I'm in this. I can't believe I'm in this this camp. Yeah, it's a it's really very, cool very, camp. very cool camp to cool be part camp of, of. Of what I call, you know, or what other people call multi platform artists. Oh really wow, artists that just straddle all good. These different I'm spheres. feeling good. I hope. I hope this lasts. This is great. Good. I'm feeling yeah, so I, good right now. And uh, and you know, it's been it's been happening for the past five years, where you know, art and comedy. Uh, have been intertwined in this way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been happening for for a long time, but really pushing that sort of stand-up, right? Like stand-up being a real form. Um, right, where the right, exactly. And artists exactly. being able to get into the, you know, the comedy realm. Right, right. Super There's crossover. Cool. Yeah. Because so, it's all conceptual, right? Totally. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, so... I'm kind of curious about, you know, what's your relationship to comedy like, uh, in your life? Well, very, very late in life uh, have I come to appreciate comedy. I mean, um, you know, growing up, uh, my father, you know, I listened to all like comedy. I mean, I was aware of comedy. My father loved, you know, I'm really old. Bob Hope. Bob Hope was mm-hmm. Alan King. That My parents loved them. You know, um, when Saturday Night Live started um i guess it was 79 or something Mm -hmm. that like kind of changed changed my idea of comedy i actually have an autographed postcard from lorraine uh not oh my god what am i gilda radner to me Ooh, that's that's a prized possession it is because when i first moved to new york i used i made these t-shirts that said studio 54 reject and i sold them outside of studio 54 to the rejects and i just sent her one and i got that lovely uh postcard a picture of her handwritten note on the back thanks for the shirt so um but i didn't really think about comedy 
um, you know, very seriously. I thought of it, and it's changed a lot over the years. I mean, you know, I thought of it as kind of um, how we think of, like, you know, going to a comedy club, Mm -hmm. dick jokes. Oh, and I remember once, actually, a date when I was in my 30s took me to see Jackie Mason on Broadway, and I hated it. I thought, this is so much pressure to laugh. This is so dumb. And You you didn't just just like burst out laughing you you felt no i hated it conscious huh and i felt like he was doing it because i was a jew or something i was like insulted why do you think i would think this is funny but you know i didn't know a lot about comedy so i oh and i did see george carlin wait a minute i saw george carlin um in high school and a friend of mine my boyfriend's father took me and my boyfriend and his date and that was huge i mean that was that was huge and um, I guess that was the first time, you know, George Carlin was cool. And a, George and a, Carlin and a was total God. master of language. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was on board with with comedy, but I just wasn't totally into it. And But, but that's interesting because you just mentioned how you, you made that Studio 54 reject. That's a one-liner. That's a joke. Right. But I wasn't thinking of it that way. You know, I wasn't thinking this is comedy. I mean, I was just thinking this is a fun idea. Right. And I didn't think of myself really, I mean, as an artist in those days. I was an artist, like a kid, artist person. And then um, I studied illustration in college, but I was always in the commercial art department trying to figure out how I was. I was really like, I've got to support myself. I've got to make a living. I've got to have health insurance. I have no skills except this art crap. I better get it together. So I was panicked about being a starving artist. So I really tried to stay away from being an artist, frankly. Mm. That sounds like the opposite of the artist today. <laughs> dive, dive straight in and then go, how do I get health insurance? Exactly. Um, okay, that's a really rich history that I wasn't expecting. But so today, <laughs> what makes you laugh? What makes you laugh all the time? Oh, um, and also just to finish, oh, be- sure. just to get the perspective, like I didn't start, so I'm 60 now, we know this. So um, I didn't start performing until my mid 40s. And that was when I had uh, this idea to do therapy as performance art in two, like 2001. And um, that went surprisingly well. And then through that time, through the last 15 years, I went through a whole world of, I thought I was a cabaret person and a theater person. And I went through every kind of performance medium. And um, I now really love comedy. So it was a long road. And now I'm a big comedy nerd. Uh, But it was it came to me kind of late, actually, which is sort of interesting. And at the end, and evolved through art, my love of art and making art, which is really kind of a, you know, weird place. So that's how I wound up where I am. And I don't, and I think it's really interesting that you came through it through your persona, your, as a performance artist, as Dr. Lisa and, and, you know, self-proclaimed therapist. Um, I think that's really interesting because comedy is a therapy in a way. Oh, yeah. And, you know, comedians are depressed and, you know, supposedly, although I think a lot of them are pretty are pretty savvy and have their shit together. But, yeah. So um, I wound up being, you know, re- and now, um, you know, I realize uh, how conceptual comedy is and like how crazy, how alternative it is and all that crap. Yeah. Uh, so what do I find funny? Is that the question you just oh, asked yeah. that I well, talked no, what over? You, what makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? 
I think, you know, anything. I mean, that's a really hard, that's really, that's really hard. Maybe think about when did you last laugh? When did I last laugh? Right? Isn't it weird to think about this thing? My my very good friend um, and... uh, sort of helper in this whole research, Molly O'Brien, who actually works at Nurture Art in Bushwick. Uh, yes. Um, she wrote a bunch of really great questions that she's been asking artists over the years, and so I stole a few from her. But uh, I think, when you la- when did you last laugh? Like- you know, I think it's really, for me, I think it's really unpredictable. I don't think, you know, absurd things make me laugh. Like when, when I think when there's like maybe a touch of, of anger in it, like um, that's, oh my, like, where there's irony and like where something doesn't make sense and people think it does, or I find my humor, I like truth and humor. You know, I like, I like thing when things are true and funny. Yeah. The truer they are. Yeah. But, uh, but it's really random. What makes me laugh. I think the mood I'm in, cause you know, I, I have some very dark moods for long periods where I don't laugh at all, which, you know, if I'm in a good mood, I could, it'll be a lot, you know, it's really random. And also a lot of times I will think that's hilariously funny, but I might not laugh. Yeah. That's such a cool phenomenon that we can look at something like watch a TV show and look at someone next to you and go, that's funny. That's yeah, a, that's a cool f- and and know that it's funny. And another time it might make you laugh, but no, right. but it doesn't. And, you know, that it still has that quality of funny, right? Right, which I appreciate. I just appreciate whatever's funny is funny. Sure. So do you think you're funny? Do I think I'm funny? Um, Isn't that such – that's also – that's like asking someone, do you think you're attractive? Right? Yeah. It's a, it's a strange question, but yeah. do you think you're funny? Um, mm, only maybe because uh, I'm told that and – um, good, good. Using evidence around you to support. But support do the I thesis. feel like I'm funny? Um, or do you think? Do I think I'm funny? Um, well, um, occasionally. I, I'm surprised. You know, like I did a show last week, a live show, and people were laughing, and it, I was like, not. Expe- I was just like, this. People are laughing, and I was surprised. So I wasn't expecting that I was being funny, and I was surprised by the laughing. So that was wonderful. I enjoyed that very, very yeah, much. Yeah, sometimes, like, when you speak in, in earnest, it, it is even funnier, right? Yeah, yeah. That can happen. I don't think you can really try to be funny. Huh. Do you, do you have, like, a... Do you think of yourself having a specific sense of humor? I mean, other than absurdist, which you kind of brought up. Mm. I think, you know, I think I have a style of what um, I'm, you know, I wish I was broader. I mean, people, mm. you know, I have a certain way of making when I create something or, you know, when I use something that do something that I intended to be humor, um, it has a fairly specific voice. Um, so I think that, um, you know, and um, I think. You know, I think that uh, coming from me, it's very specific. Did I answer that? I'm not even sure. Yeah, if I you did. said yeah. you have a certain voice. It's very specific. It can Can you elaborate? Can you like say more about what that voice is or what's specific about it? Um, I think like um, the truth, the truth and humor thing. Like um, lately, I've been putting together these mirrors, and um, 
Well, one of them is controversial, but it's just the one that comes to mind. So I'm just going to say it. Yeah, do the good one. <laughs> so it, the, like the one that I made recently says, I don't give a fuck what color your skin is. And what's funny about that, it's a mirror talking to you. So the mirror is a non, uh, what do they call it, an inanimate object, mm-hmm. but it's it's sort of pointing out that the judgment of yourself is coming from you, not, 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 you're, you're projecting your own, wow, I'd never really even thought this through like this. So it's all about you expecting to be judged. Right, but it's you doing the judging. Right, or even thinking about the judging, even and, thinking about what color my skin is. Right, and that's, and that's the irony. And that's the irony. So um, I think that's, you know, that's funny, is it like, Ha ha, hilariously, uproariously funny. I don't know, but I would say that was funny. Yeah, and and irony, satire, parody, all that stuff mm-hmm. is is just part of humor. Everything doesn't have to be like you sort of laugh out loud. Yeah, and, and I'm also like into like I think what I like about that piece and the other pieces that I think are successful is that it creates a consciousness and awareness in the person in the viewer, and I think that it's like. Um, you know, it, uh, it it has a little bit of a, like, look at your, you know, look at you, wake up call, look at yourself. And uh, that sounds so preachy. But I think that bringing consciousness, I don't like humor that has no point where there's no, there's nothing behind it, you know. Yeah, that's actually, you know, it's interesting. It's a, it's in a, one of the books that I reference in um, my research by Simon Critchley called On Humor. And he just, he writes about true humor, like the true joke. And mm-hmm. the true joke gets you off the couch to do something about something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, and I always say humor can, is just the most powerful rhetorical tool because you know, comedians like R- Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. or, I think of, or I think about how, you know, Bill Cosby was outed in a joke, Right in a, in a yeah right set. yeah Hannibal Burris exactly. go Hannibal so so these kinds of it's it's very revolutionary to make a joke about something you couldn't say in any other way other than with a tad bit of humor um, right and right I, and I think I think you do that really well with with art objects I mean you referenced yeah. your mirrors but I think about your word paintings that you do um, I love I love the way you kind of play with um with objects you know because you have this side of you that's oh, you're a performance artist but then you also make objects mm-hmm. um and i love um how in that practice you're you're kind of making fun of the object too the fact that an art object is a thing you know you're kind of calling you're calling its bluff you're like all right you want me to make shit i'm gonna make something and and you so, mean so like uh that painting that painting that says um I have the painting that says uh, you probably could have made this, but you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a, it's such a great like postmodern art joke. But it's also a joke my dad would get. You know, right. That my dad would say, oh, I get it. It's art. It's art about art because this is stupid. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, Chrissy Crawford, my hero from Art Star, mm-hmm. has this painting that I gave her that um, she liked. So I gave it to her because I love her. Yeah. Um, and it says uh, it has like a little doll like glued onto it. And it says um, this one costs more because it has this thing on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's so arbitrary. Right, the pricing of art is so arbitrary. Yeah, uh, and I and I love that there's you make prints and things just really available for people. Yeah, it, yeah. across your practice, it's it's not only these really expensive things because I'm a fine artist. You know, you also make work on the street. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't. You know, I mean, well, because of the route that my work is career has taken is because I was working in art advertising for so long to make a living. Um, I wasn't thinking about art. And then um, I started just putting words, text on objects, like everyday objects. Like um, I silk screen these socks, like in the very, very beginning in the late nineties that would say things like, um, you know, put yourself in my shoes or a clock, and I put type on it. Uh, I'd rather be told. That, I'd rather ask the time than be told it, um, and all sorts of things, right? And where? So where do you get? Where do you get these one-liners from? Where? Because I mean, they're essentially jokes. Do you, Do you write them yourself? Do you oh read yeah, them somewhere. Yeah. No, I um, I think it's just you know, like I say, I'm a compulsive overthinker. I've also had a lot of time, you know, time to myself. Um, just because I'm like that, so uh, or have been any, yeah, I like being alone or whatever. I don't know. It just, I just, I think what happened was um, I started working in advertising and you know creating ads, and um, there's so much frustration creating ads, which are concepts, headlines, and visuals together because you know the client never buys the good ad or you don't have enough time to really make a great ad. The idea doesn't really get fully baked and. Um, so I wound up just sort of, I think the frustration came out with me just putting like glue on text onto the objects around me. And then I started selling them at like Exit Art, which was a popular store in those days and Printed Matter. Um, I started selling these matchbooks, which I still sell that say, um, they're pink matchbooks that say Lisa Levy got my first period <laughs> and then the date. Um so things like that, and um, because I what I had no pressure to make money because I already had enough pressure to make money through my job, so I just kind of made whatever I felt like making. I wasn't thinking about making money, and I didn't have to take the art world too seriously because that wasn't my main focus. Yeah, and you and so you didn't take yourself too seriously either, which like let the creativity kind of flow. Well. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I didn't think think there there was no pressure on it. That's true. Although there was a lot. I mean, it meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I went to like, um, you know, printed matter and had them like say, "Oh, I showed them like I made an appointment, showed them a bunch of work, and I and they for their like Christmas thing." And I was really nervous about it. And they said, oh, okay, we'll take one of each. And I was just, or some of each or whatever. And I was just shocked. I didn't think anything was going to come of it. And they liked everything. Yeah. So then there Maybe was... Maybe that it, was because there, there was a lot of truth in just the things that you were showing them. Because we were talking about humor and truth and kind of getting at truths with jokes and... Yeah, it fit into their, their um, you know, their sensibility. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, um, I always put pressure on myself um, because of my self-esteem issues um, when I get involved in making anything. So it doesn't really matter whether it it, it doesn't have to be that important. I'll still make myself crazy. <laughs> but that's probably why you do a good job. 
right? Because you set the bar high. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think I waste a lot of time redoing things that don't need to be redone. But some of it is good, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, not? it's better. I think art comes from humility. Great art comes, great work from all of us comes from humility, not thinking that we're great. It comes from wanting to think that we can always do better. That's such a, that, that's really interesting as a, that seems to me like a, a, a another painting perspective <laughs> what? as opposed to the, the artist's ego perspective, right? The artist usually is the one and I'm, you know, making a generalization here and this isn't, you know, I'm not pointing fingers, uh-huh. but that Jeff Koons. Yeah. But that there's, there's this sense of, you know, I have to make work because people have to see my work and this is this is my diary for the world and this is what I need to contribute. But but I think what comedians do is is it's this, you know, consensus about about reality and the life that we live in and looking at each other and laughing and smiling and saying like, okay, you know, we got this. (laughs) Yeah. It's like calling things out that are fucked up. Yeah. and. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and getting a community that way. But I think that, you know, I really I really don't think, you know, I, I think that, like, thinking your work is so great and putting yourself out there that way um, is a good, is good sales, is pretty much good for sales, but not necessarily the work. Right. And That's, maybe also because you have a... Um, an alternative performance practice as well that you can think this way just across. The yeah. Board. I mean, I think that, um, I think a big thing for me is earning my own living and, uh, never putting pressure on myself to make money through my art or performance. And I think, you know, or that my entire self-esteem, uh, my identity comes from that because mm. that's, not I had I didn't put all my eggs in that basket. So I think at this point, art and performance is like a second career to me, and um, I'm still not really making. You know, I still not still not my income, my right. full income for but sure. It, but it doesn't have to be your income to be successful. I always I find yeah. that even I see that with comedians. You know, they're lining up to do their ten minutes at a at a club, right? Sure. And, they're not getting paid for that at all. Sure. Um, but I think a lot of people, a lot of creative people get caught up, like their egos get caught up when they feel like they need to make a living. This is how they're supporting themselves. Because, you know, and every artist is a small business person. Any, any yeah, sure, function. They, ha- they have, to, they have yeah. to be in some way. So you wind up like putting a lot of pressure on your business to do well. And your value comes from um, your business. I see my art as my children, my all my work. It's my children and not my that need to be taken care of, not a business. I try to run it like a business to, as much as I can, but when it comes to the actual projects, they need to be nurtured, not sold. That's and that's such a idealistic bullshit yeah, thing to say but I kinda, <laughs> I'm, I'm into it i like it if my mom's listening right now i hope she i hope she that. is yeah. too mrs smilo yeah she, she uh you know in in explaining kind of what the creative impulse is and what that means to make something sort of outside of capitalism right and how yeah. it's traditionally measured yeah um, i mean i see art as a relationship outside yourself but with yourself Ooh, profound. I know, it's heavy. That's heavy. I thought we were yeah. going to do jokes today, Lisa. Uh, well, 
It was a delivery. It was too serious. We're going we're to rewrite that one because I feel like that could be yeah. a mirror in some yeah, way. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. So what's what's kind of your – because I, 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 lo- I mean, I love your one-liners so, so much. Thank and, you so and much. And I feel like I, I know a lot about you even though this <laughs> is our first, like, long conversation ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your relationship to playfulness and silliness? Because I I love talking to adults like grownups about play and being silly. Because mm-hmm. I think that's so we you know we lose that as we get older. And I just have this feeling that you're playful and silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just ask my husband. I humiliate him constantly. Like one of my favorite things to do, and I keep thinking I'm going to make a video of it, but I never have. Is that um, like my our dog, we'd take our walk out for dog, our dog out for a walk together every, that's, every nice. morning. And, uh, my dog for some reason just gets totally enthusiastic after it poops. It just runs off. And then like my husband is picking up the poop and the dog is running away or, and so I usually like run off with the dog um, really loudly, I running. Me and the dog are running, and I'm flailing my arms, yelling, "We pooped! We pooped!" And I love doing that to him because it totally humiliates him. And, and it's it doesn't really, get old, huh? Well, I don't do it every single day, but still, I'm sh- there's some some things that stick, right? I and love you doing that. I feel I feel so free. Yeah. Okay. So that's that is super silly. And but does does he love it or does or is he like annoyed or? I think he like I think he eye roll inside loves it. He like he you know I think he loves it. Right. Yeah. He I to, think he, he has does. to pretend he has decorum in the real world, but really inside he's going, I, I love this crazy person. Well, sometimes um, I humiliate him for real. Like I can I have no bound. Like it's sort of no boundaries. So like if we're at a restaurant and um. You know, like, um, I might ask to have, like, something, like, weird wrapped up. Or I'm not afraid to ask anything. So I'll wind up or I'll ask, say something really personal to the waiter, whatever, you know, server. Uh, Or, like, right, tact tact is not, like, a thing, huh? Well, I try to be sensitive and not hurtful. I do. I do. I mean, I think I can read people. I mean, I have confidence in that, reading people, whether I'm going to insult them or not. Sometimes I do by accident, but I don't mean to. So I can, I usually, you know, and it's usually, like, where I'm being, making fun of myself more than them, and they can, I can ask them. So occasionally, I definitely embarrass Phil. And humiliate him that he's embarrassed to be seen with me. But I think that there are more times where I just act ridiculous and he gets a kick out of it. What's what's kind of an outrageous question you've asked in public that you just that he, he recoils? From? Uh, let me think. I was trying to think. Um, I don't know. You know, it, it's like it's really funny. Like I don't those things just don't. Like they don't stick with me. I feel like it's so. But it's um, but it's still such a part of who you are, and that's like. I mean, it's interesting because that even what you're bringing up right right now, like oh, I don't always remember the example of the thing that I'm talking about. That that's like how jokes function, and I've been reading a lot about the theory. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, the theory of jokes. Oh, interesting. In that you know you 
you can go to a stand-up set and or you can go to a performance or theater and not remember any of the lines, right? Oh, good. But then it still not, enters okay. you, right? It enters yeah. you. You walk away from something and you know exactly how you oh, feel based, based on, on what you heard. And you yes. know all those those things were super like super salient or they really hit you and um but you, you you don't have to remember the jokes to know that. Exactly, exactly. And I that actually, makes so much sense to me. I never thought of it that way, yeah. but that's exactly true for me. I was talking to Adrian Truscott about mm-hmm. her work Asking for It, which is a one it's a one woman mm-hmm. rape about comedy starring her pussy and little else. And she performs rape jokes, uh mm-hmm. bottomless and mm-hmm. uh and, and just unfolds sort of unfurls the the rape culture mm-hmm. um, that is just so prevalent in the U.S. and sort of scared about coming up a little bit more. But um, but so but in talking to her about it, I, I was like, I don't really remember any of the <laughs> particular joke, mm-hmm. um, but I know that it entered me, and I know that everything you said was just like, oh man, that's so right, right, right. so right, right. So, it's funny, isn't it? Because she's in the moment. I'm a huge fan of hers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's in the moment and you're in the moment with her, you, you, us, the audience. And so that's why I think that stuff doesn't like register in your long term memory or whatever. You're not re- memorizing it. You're really, you're really right in there. Yeah, and it's just, ha- you, why it's happening. You feel, you feel it and it, it mm-hmm. happens. And and that's where I think like humor can be so transformative because it it just changes you know uh, there's a curator Miriam Katz who did a whole um, a whole series of stand up at PS one I think in 2011 mm-hmm. she kind of like started this whole yeah she did this podcast a breakdown where she interviews comedians really really uh, brilliant series and short lived but um, she talks about just how. When you see enough stand-up, you stop lying to yourself. <laughs> That's interesting. Because that makes a lot of to, sense. Because, you know, the, the joke makes us laugh at things that maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't talk about or we wouldn't react to in a certain way, but you, but you have to. You know, you laugh. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that happens to our bodies. Um, so, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I started feeling like once, once I found people whose comedy that, I mean... I started, you know, I did a show, um, Stand Up, Lie Down, at um, the once famous Ochi's Lounge in the basement basement of comics on 14th Street, run by the lovely and fantastic Cambry Cruz, who's still a friend of mine. Yes. Uh, do you know her? No. But, but you know I'm comics. Ex- I'm excited yes. to hear about this. So um, I had comics come on and they would do their five minutes. They would do like five to seven minutes. And then I would do psychoanalysis on them. And that's when I really started understanding comedy much more. I mean, I was interested in it and I'd taken a couple of classes or something. But I really and since that time, I've really like learned more and more about comedy and seen more and more weirder and weirder comedians. Like um, my two favorite comedians right now are Joe Firestone and oh. Julio Torres. Same. They're totally up there on my list, Joe and J- 
Joe yeah. Firestone and Aparna Nancherla are Oh, yeah. She's great, too. There's a whole bunch of together. them. Yeah. And Brett Davis is great. That whole alt scene. Yeah. The alt scene is... Is, is really fabulous. Because they're so, they're so confronting. They're saying, like, they're making jokes about the things we need to be laughing about right Well, now. I also see, you know, like, for me, especially since my background is in advertising, it's always about the idea. It's always the idea. What's the idea? Sure. Is it a new idea? And... Um, I think comedy, that kind of comedy has to condense like, um, you know, to me, it'd be like 10 paintings into 10 minutes, you know, like I could have a whole wall for me, like I'd have a wall full of paintings for them. They have a short set. And uh, I really started admiring comedians because... Uh, they need to have so many ideas. So many ideas, and like brevity is key, right? You got to keep it short. You got to keep it moving, and it's it, yeah, it is really inspiring. Well, there's this one element to performing that um, I've learned about in the years that I have been performing and watching other people perform is that there's a way of connecting to the audience, and I think um, everybody can develop it, and people just have different degrees of that and different ways of connecting. And I think that, um, you know, Joe and um, Julio, who had just popped in, there's a lot of great comedians that I love and yeah, we, and we, can't, we could go on. But just to use them as examples, they they are, na- especially Joe, just so natural at uh, connecting with an audience that no matter what they were doing, um, yeah. they would, they would, people would love being in the room with them. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of that in I'd, performing. And I don't think necessarily art, you need to have that all the time at you all. Right. You don't even have to have any of it to make funny of art, well, funny th- art. That's it's a great point. First of all, you're so right about Joe. I'd listen to her read a cookbook if like she was. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right? She could yeah. do any. She could I've do involved no her in a few of my projects. She's too big now, but yeah, yeah. she's, she's yeah, taken off. But, um, but you know, that's interesting. Cause I, you know, in your practice, you're a, a performing artist, but also a comedian. And I think, you know, being a performing artist, the burden is on, you know, the audience to get it. Like, do they get it? Um, and then, but in comedy, the burden of the performance is on the comedian, is on the performer. Sure, you sure. Know, you, you either get laughs. This obje- this is an objective measure of whether you're succeeding right. as a comedian. It's like a sport, really. Yeah, that's it. You you get, right, you get laughs the laugh or meter. you don't. But in performance art, you don't have to get, you know, you, you, there's a more range of emotions that happen through mm-hmm. performance art. Mm-hmm. Of, so you don't need laughter necessarily. It could be lots right. of things that people feel. And right. it could be something that resonates much, much later. Right. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so, I mean, I want to bring up one of your performing projects, um, The Artist is Humbly Present, mm. uh, which you just did this year, right? January, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where... Lisa, you know, sort of, I would say, like, mocks the sort of pretentiousness of, of high art, right? And sat. I like that. You mentioned my name in the third person. Yes. Well, Lisa, <laughs> That's well, just. Crazy. I know, okay, right? You're so, sitting right here, but yeah. you, you basically um, ex- explained sort of what you So, did what I, I did was, was uh, Marina Abramovic did that uh, seminal piece, The Artist is Humbly Present, the whole show where she sat in the lobby of the. MoMA. Of MoMA in her bathrobe gown robe 
I love that you're calling out the gown. That was it was a tremendous red sheath of a gown. But she was like in such a uh, uh, arrogant, obnoxious, uh, condescending position, and she just sat there for months. And people would come and sit with her and just look at her. And there's it, even you know that blog uh, um, Marina made me cry. They they actually yeah. they pulled out all the pictures of people that that cried in front of yeah, Marina. Yeah, which is all them projecting how important they are um, in my mind. So and yeah, I had um, Mitchell Murdoch, who's a great local photographer, take photographs of everybody as the same way. But it's really funny. So anyway. Um, so uh, one day, you know, I don't know why it hit me, but just last, you know, it was like maybe right around New, right after New Year's. It was right after New Year's, like January 2nd, maybe it was a new year. Uh, I just woke up and I was just like, this art thing is such bullshit. And I just used that as the ultimate example of how to turn that around and present yourself as a humble person, which is the inverse of what she did. So it was me sitting on the toilet with another toilet naked with an, with another toilet that people could sit on. And I did that for two days with the Christopher Stout gallery because Christopher's like a great curator and good friend gallerist. And he's the only person I would know that would say, yes, let's do that immediately, which he did. And it, and it garnered so much, press so quickly really really just it's it snowballed and 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 people showed up right yeah it was it was a really nice crowd because I mean I think for one I have to give you major kudos for taking for 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 taking the piss out of the art world right (laughs) that's really that's what what my goal was yeah and taking the piss out of it literally sitting on a toilet (laughs) um and and then also be willing to do something really brave and really hilarious at the same time Mm. had you had you thought about it that way um no not really i mean uh brave no because um not brave getting naked to sit on a toilet not brave for me because um actually i was brought up buying all my clothes at Lowman's and uh, changing. Oh, the dressing room. Yeah, my mother, you know, whatever. I do not care about. Yeah, I do not care. And my mother as well. But um, that's a complicated relationship. uh, Growing up, trying on clothes with your critical mother in a room full of mirrors and other and strangers. But uh, so that wasn't scary. I was afraid that maybe somebody would show up with a knife or something, some crazy person, you know, that scared me, but not not being naked. So I didn't feel like it was brave. I'm glad to hear you say it was funny because I think a lot of people thought it was supposed to be funny, but didn't think it was funny. And I didn't really know if it was funny or not. I just felt strongly about I felt really like passionate about doing it. Like, this is a good idea. I really want to do this. And it was actually very um soothing or satisfying because um it really soothed i really don't feel as angry as i did it really it really soothed me i felt heard by doing that you just psychoanalyze yourself right (laughs) you needed the out you were like i the art world is is bs and like let's let me do something to help me move past that yeah it took the performance but it definitely took I mean, I believe that's why a lot of kind of mainstream media sources picked it up is because it, wait, there's a 
artists who's sitting on a toilet for two days? Are, are you kidding me? I mean, how does this work? I think there were many people who maybe didn't even have, I think, you know, I think of like The Post, for example, you know, some some other sort of mainstream media source that didn't have a reference, say, for Marina Abramovich right, at all. Right, of course. Yeah. And were like, oh, this is just a funny thing happening in Bushwick. Let's let's cover this and sure. see what happens. And then they did a little reading. Oh, this is actually really, really um, entrenched in some history, in, you know, in some contemporary mm-hmm. art making here. Yeah, I felt really good that that worked on the level of if it was inclusive, which is really important to me in all of my work, um, that it's inclusive. Inclusiveness is is really important. My father was an architect working in public housing, and I always am really big on inclusion if I can, if I can. Yeah. Um, sounds, but um, sounds like everything something everyone should have. Their, well, you know, when we making performance. Well, something we need to think about now, and I don't think all. I don't think a lot of. I I think we should all. I mean, I just think it's great when art comedy isn't always inclusive. All this stuff is always best, I believe, when it's inclusive. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, or has the spirit of inclusion. Sure, and and I think that's that's the great thing about this whole alt-comedy scene you, that, you know, you brought up that's happening, you know, it's really burgeoning in Brooklyn and moving elsewhere is that, you know, comedians are starting to look like what the rest of the world looks like. Yeah, uh, it's because true. Because it's been a white man for a very, very long right. time. Yes, um, right. And, you know, you know, black men have, have come and go into, into comedy, but primarily we're looking at a man. And then, you know, I, I think when you're sitting in a in an audience and there's someone spouting, you know, sort of quote unquote truths up there and they don't relate to you at all, like mm-hmm. you said about Jackie Mason, you couldn't laugh, right? You didn't relate to I it. I didn't relate to it. It was like dumb, you know, old Jew jokes. Yeah, and but, to me. Yeah, but meanwhile, then you we sit you and I can both sit down and watch Joe Firestone and, and laugh right, our faces right. off. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we should give uh, Chris Gethart a shout out because yeah. it's really a lot of the people that have been that he has really um, nurtured. nurtured. Yeah, like uh, Hoops has been on here. Um, I saw his show. That's how I met Julio um, at Union <gasps> oh. Hall. It's just fabulous. Actually, I think there's free tickets tonight. Sweet. If you if you get there, okay. And, um, also, I I uh, got so involved in talking about myself, surprise, um, that I forgot to do the station ID and let you know we only have like twelve minutes left because uh, I should have done that earlier. But uh, I'm learning. This is the thing. This is I'm trying to fit this in. So it's Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's Dr. Lisa. And I'm in a, a great conversation talking about myself and my work and comedy and art with uh, curator artist. Lindsay Smilo. Ooh, you got it. Good. That was good, right? Yeah, that was did great. that. Did that. Check. Check. Yep. And and usually I get you know Smilow, Smilan. Did I, I say it right? Yeah, you said it right, perfectly. Wow, that's great. Double yeah. check. It was uh, Shmilovich in the old country. Ah, it's a good mm. thing we shortened it right just for my career. Thank God, because you'd be getting deported about now. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Um, so maybe come back to kind of what we started with, but there's, that there's been this minor humor renaissance within the art world, right? Which is yeah, why, why we're sure. kind of sitting here. Um, and, you know, artists are performing artists are moving over into stand up and comics are performing mm-hmm. in art spaces. What do you what do you think? You know, you've been around the block, you, <laughs> you know, and uh, and. You're watching this happen. You're part. Of, yeah. You're, part, you're in and, and outside of it at the same mm-hmm. time. Why do you think this is all happening now? 
Um, I don't really know. Um, Maybe just throw out some possibilities. I don't know. I mean, I think that it's just that the mediums are evolving. I think maybe the internet has something to do with it. I, I feel you on the internet. I feel like everyone thinks they're a comedian on the internet. Well, I think it's, I think it has, I think also like that artists were so concerned with making every piece of art perfect um, that there was a certain uh, mystique around that. And I think like the internet, like, now people just can throw stuff up there and I think there's less um, focus on the product and more on the maybe the concept or something. And I, I think what's happened more is comedy's evolved. I think comedy evolves way faster than almost than art for sure. Um, it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot more accessible. It's a lot more in the moment, in the society. It's a lot more integrated into the world. And I think that, and there's a lot more. And it's social. It's social. There's a lot more of it. People could say art is social, but I don't know about that. Um, but it's like the ultimate, like you, you connect with people over sense of, hu- sense of humor. Is that kind right, of thing? Right, right, right. Like in you the moment. you laugh the same jokes, you create social ju- groups around that. Right, right, right. Because you all know you have the same sense of humor. But mm-hmm. I think... Uh, I think that's a lot of it. I think comedy's evolved into into art. And, um, you know, like a lot of artists like Lorelai Ramirez. Do you know her? You must no, know I don't. her work. Should I? Yes. Yeah. So she started out, I know from, I've done studio visit with her. And she's a really funny, weird, great, weird comedian. Does very conceptual work. Very physical work, too. Good. I wrote her name down. And um, there's also... Um, What's her name? Um, Mary Houlihan. Mm-hmm. She's a visual artist, um, who cartoonist who does both more comedy than art because it's more like cartooning maybe than fine art, but very successful at both. And I think that, um, you know, I think there's just just a lot of, you know, I think there's I think there's just a lot of crossover. Yeah, there's like a there's more freedom across the form right like you can right. just bounce back and forth right and and also i think you touched on on this really well that humor comedy is really so much more accessible right you can get to it really quickly i mean because of youtube right yeah but also to- like you can go out any night of the week and see really good comedy for free yeah Three or five bucks you're going to get really good stuff in new york city right and like to go to see an art show it's it's intimidating. It's expensive if you don't go to a gap. You're either intimidated or you're paying a lot and you're, it's not fun. It's like an educational thing. You know, it's not, it doesn't drop. It's not as, it's not as, a, it's not easy to get to. Comedy is. Yeah. It, and and everyone experiences in, mm-hmm. in one way or the other. I think a really big difference also um, between co- being, making comedy and making art is that when you're doing, when you're performing, you're really in the moment with the audience and when, and that's not true, I guess, if you do TV or something, but you know, there is something. And I always said that uh, performing is like the art without the artifice of the object. So when you make art, you put it out there and then, you know, you, you don't really get that reaction. Maybe you do at the opening or something like that, you get feedback, but it's really made something and then you walk away from it. Whereas um, with comedy, you, you're really, you know, it's like you're expressing yourself and you're being heard and it's all happening at the same time. 
Sure. And it can be even, it's a great point, it could even be as uh, as immediate as, you know, crowd work. Crowd work is the such an immediate part yeah. of comedy. I mean, working with your, your the, have you ever done anything that's kind of responsive in that way? I mean, I think of your your therapy kind of like that. <laughs> well, I think of like, you know, I think about a couple of projects that I've done, which are very one-to-one where I've given out, asked people what kind of awards they would like, they think they should, they would like to be awarded for and give them that. And then I've done the rock and granny love where I've rocked people on my lap where I'm dressed as granny. And, um, and Lisa's ther- not going to say this, but you can get all of, um, you could see all of this on Lisa Levy industries.com. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, uh, so anyway, the thing is, is that um, those are really satisfying performances. They're not really in front of an audience, but they're on a one-to-one basis. And to me, that's um, that's very satisfying. Uh, it is like having it. It is an audience in a sense. It is that sense of sharing the joke or sharing what's funny or we're making something happen together. Uh, and and you're also like learning about that person, which I think is so cool. Yeah, right? like you're you're pulling something out of them. When actually, when when I got that award from you uh-huh. at uh, at Bushwick Open Studios, maybe it was was it 2014 or 13? I don't even remember. I don't either. A few years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, you gave me the award for for carrying the burden of the conversation, but we actually kept talking. And you said you sat me down and said. Can I do um can I do a little therapy with you? And I said sure and we started talking and you wrote me a script. Ah yes. You wrote me a script. So so just tell tell people, I mean tell me more about this script cuz I love the script. It was when I started um seeing my current partner actually. Ah. And, I was, and I was talking about some specific anxiety and you like wrote me out this script about it like don't what? overthink things just Is that keep pushing. Like it was something really um broad but 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 kind of specific to my situation really that's so funny yeah it's funny i never remember what i write but i do occasionally like hear people have them tacked tagged up tacked up and frame some um, i know that um uh what's her name framed hers uh big artist what's her name um I know mine's in a Mick, book. Micheline Thomas, oh, Thomas has oh, hers in cool. her studio. So I've been mine. I put in a book somewhere, and if you've ever seen my book, well, you've never seen it, but trust me, my bookshelf has so many books. I forgot which one it's in. Oh, that's but hilarious. I can't wait till like down the road, like ten, twenty years oh. down the road, I'm gonna find it. Let me know. I'll I'll I'll, I'll write you another one. I came up with that idea in um, '09 when I was doing um, stand up, lie down, and I'm not really sure exactly, you know what how I came up with it, but, um, you know, as you know, I have art director skills. So I just kind of, um, thought it'd be funny. And, uh, the, so I made these prescription pads that say state of insanity and they look exactly like prescription pads. And I had them ordered from a printer, you know, in pad form and, you know, people often confuse them. They always want Adderall. That's some reason people want a lot. There's a lot of people that want that go crazy, want Adderall from me. Uh, but, but what you I wa- can't actually write a real script. No, no, no. But see, you kind of almost think you can, which is the best part. <laughs> it feels real, but believing uh, the it's joke, so believing it's so real. Not. No, but I mean, you know, it has it has that feeling of getting a prescription, and we all we it touches that that 
response that we have when we get a prescription. There's usually something really wrong. There's a cure, and we're going to get it, and it's going to be fixed. Right. It's a from real a- symbolic gesture. And th- th- those are real – that's like a real um, – therapeutic method, right? I'm sure you've heard, you know, write something down, rip it up into a million pieces. Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of old romanticized therapeutic Well, method. I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've wound up making it into like what I try to do is give people actionable advice. So I try to give them like a little like reminder that they can refer to so that when they walk away, because they only see people once generally and, you know, one one session. So when they walk away, they have like, I feel like they have something. I feel like it kind of, it kind of, it's a good way to sum up what we talked about. Sure. And it's a, and it's a, a takeaway. I think takeaways are. are yeah, it's important. fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to do it. People, people, and it's great business card. People always laugh. I love, um, when I, you know, I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten a lot of reward from having those. It's a it is a piece of what you know um, of what David Robbins talks about concrete comedy. It's it's a prop. It's a it is it's really. a joke in and of itself. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. And, and you're and that that comedy object, the comic object, is sort of being proliferated all over New York um, by I, people who who are taking sessions with you. I guess so. I've given out. Hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, so you're everywhere. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> and you're in my bookshelf. <laughs> That's so great. Somewhere. I love that mystery. We have to get an x-ray machine I, and go through it, there. I hope when I find it, I just laugh You have to let me know. You have to I'll, let like, me know. Snapchat you or something or Please live do. or whatever. Please do. Whatever we're going to do at that point. In so we have... Um, we have two minutes left, so I just want to um, I want to let you know this is a really great conversation and really stimulating for me. And I'm gonna like uh, when we're done, I'm gonna like quiz you on all the sources that you've been quoting on comedy because I really want to know. Um, but in the last minute and a half, is there anything that uh, you know? Did we miss anything or anything you you're working on, or should we let's mention your website or something like that? So my website is under construction, but it's... It looked great. What are you talking get, about? It, well, I was actually... I think what you picked up uh, that you put on your site is I'm currently advising um, curatorial thesis uh, ah. students at uh, the Maryland Institute College of the oh. Arts, which is, which is great, um, and I love doing that work, ah. um, and they're amazing. But mm-hmm. my my website will be lindsaysmilo.com because ah. like, you got to make one, right? Ah, I'm working on Squarespace right now, so putting it all together. Oh, I got it. Um, Do you make art as well? Have you made art ever? Yes, I, I was a sculptor, ah. uh, so I'm a sculptor on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think I, you'll get back to that? Yeah, sure, but I feel like comedy is kind of a medium. I've been doing mm-hmm. a little bit here. Are you there. thinking about doing some stand up? I've done a little bit, ah. except that, you know, I haven't really found uh, a voice yet because I hmm. want it to be really, I want to be really passionate about the things that I do right. talk about. And right. the first few times, I kind of think I took a, you know, a shortcut or like the quick laugh. And so I, I've been writing for a little while and we'll oh, see nice. what happens. Nice. Nice. It's, it's, it's great. It's so interesting for me to talk about comedy. We can talk about comedy and humor, and like it's not that funny. It's an engaging conversation. It and is. I'm having well, a great it's, time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I kind of want. 